Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is, He Will Come and Save Us. Over a year ago now, I had an experience of a shaking, and Father told me three things. The first, he said, was that Elohim is shaking all things. He's shaking the heavens, he's shaking the earth, he's shaking all nations. And then the desire of nations will come. And this is actually a verse from Haggai chapter 2, quoted also in Hebrews chapter 12. And then Father said this to me, look to the rock. Look to the rock. And this is in Isaiah 51, where it says, Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and the hole in the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and Sarah who bore you. I called him alone, I blessed him, and I increased him. And out of Hebrews 12, it's fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith. So Father's encouragement to us is that while he's shaking things in heaven and earth right now, that we are to look up, we look to Yeshua, we look to Abraham, who's the father of our faith. We look to the, the Bible, the word, the scriptures to encourage us. And the third thing he said was the king is coming. The king is coming. We are in the perilous times of the last days. And our king is coming. It's a time for us to be looking for him and waiting for him and watching for him and rejoicing for our future. Now, he will come and save us. In the meantime, we are in the midst of a shaking. Many of us are experiencing pain, physical issues, infirmities or afflictions. Many of us are experiencing sorrow emotional pressure, grief, loss of loved ones, loss of income, loss of various things. We're experiencing loss, and some of us are experiencing hope deferred. Or it says in Proverbs chapter 14, hope 13, Proverbs 13, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But the rest of the verse says, when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. The tree of life is coming. We're also in this shaking, uh, dealing with unmet hopes. We pray and we pray, we repent, we cry for mercy. Seems like no answers are coming. Uh, we believe, we build our faith, and yet we're still in the midst of this shaking and experiencing these negative things. Now personally, I've experienced all these things I've just described to you in the last two years. And I believe that our sins have caught up with us and we've gone into captivity. Let me say that again. I believe our sins have caught up to us and we have gone into captivity. Let's admit it today. We have not sought the kingdom of Elohim first. We've not loved our Father with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've been selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, self-righteous, self-absorbed. We've given ourselves over to self-interest. It doesn't mean that we're condemned or lost for eternity. Through faith in Yeshua, our sins are forgiven. Through faith in Yeshua, we have eternal life. But when we sow to the self, when we sow to the flesh, we slip into sin and iniquity. And we're in rebellion against our Father, and He lets us go into captivity. 
Now, Father has not forsaken us. He will never forsake us. His shaking is his call to repent. His shaking is his call to seek him again with all of our heart. His shaking is his call to turn, to rethink our lives, to rethink our priorities, to rethink our Christianity. I want to share with you today three scriptures. As we look to how we deal with this shaking, how we deal with our sins, how we deal with turning and making a new way. As I speak this podcast, we're in the midst of the Feast of Tabernacles. And the time of Tabernacles is a time for new beginnings. It's a time for uh, us to be uh, renewed, refocused. It's a time of uh, turning and going another way. It is this time of uh, refocusing our lives upon Yeshua, our Savior. It's a time to recalibrate, if you will. It's a time for restoration. The first scripture I want to read to you is from Psalm 1. Now, it's, it's no accident that this is the first psalm. And the first word of the first song is blessed. Uh, David is telling us, if you want to be blessed, this is the type of person you need to be. This is not about salvation. It's not about earning our way to heaven. It's about being a blessed person on the earth. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So if you want to be blessed by Jehovah, you have to leave behind the ungodly, the sinners, the scornful, and you have to live a new life. But his delight is in the Torah, a revealed word of Jehovah, and in his Torah he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So what's the key here to being blessed? What's the key here to prospering? Well, it's turning your back on your old way and negative influence, things that bring negative thoughts and negative speech into your life. It's turning your back on that and delighting yourself in the Word. Very plain and simple. The person who delights himself in the Word and meditates on the Word day and night, he is the one who will be blessed and he is the one who will prosper. Now, I can't speak for you, I can speak for myself, that there have been times that I slip away from the Word and I get involved in, in other forms of entertainment. And then I slip into this place where it seems like I'm in captivity. I'm not blessed and I'm not prospering. And when I give myself back over to meditating on the Word day and night, then I come back into that place of shalom, peace, that place of favor, uh, that place of unity with my Father. And so it's very simple. The first psalm tells us, you know, you're going to find this theme through all of the psalms. This is how we can be blessed. This is how we can prosper. This is how we can have peace and joy and righteousness. It's to be in the Word and make the Word our delight. Now, you may have to do some soul-searching 
Uh, where are you with regard to that scripture verse? Where are you with delighting yourself in the word? Now, when David was giving that, they had uh, just, you know, the first five books written by Moses. They had the history uh, up until the time of David. They didn't even have a lot of the prophets yet. Uh, we have uh, the revealed word and the spoken word of Yeshua Messiah. We have the revealed word of the apostles, Paul and Peter and James and Jude uh, and John. And, and we have these, these words in red in our Bibles. We have a lot more revelation than they have. We have a lot more opportunity to delight in the word and be blessed. Now, the next scripture I want to share is Jeremiah 30. How are we going to deal with this shaking that is calling us to a repentance and a renewed commitment to our life with Yeshua? For Yeshua is worthy, the one who suffered, the one who died, the one who rose again, the one who lives forever, the coming king. He's worthy of our loyalty. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of our repentance and our devotion. He is worthy. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is the resurrection and the life. He's our all in all. He, he suffered and he died for us. He gave himself. He, he took on flesh. His great love, his great covenant loyalty moved him to come to the earth, to be with us, and to open the door for us to, to uh, fellowship with him and be blessed by him. Isaiah 30, uh, Jeremiah sorry, 30. The word that came to Jeremiah from Jehovah, saying, Thus speaks Jehovah, Elohim of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. There it is, the book and the word and the importance of the, and the power of the word. For behold, the days are coming, says Jehovah, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says Jehovah, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. So there's a time when Jehovah comes and visits us and brings us out of our captivity. He stops the shaking and he brings us back to himself. Coming out of captivity is to come back to Father from where we've been. Now these things are the words that Jehovah spoke concerning Israel and Judah. And I believe he's speaking them concerning us in America and the church right now. For thus says Jehovah, we have heard a voice of trembling. Here's, a Here's the description of a shaking. We have heard the voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins, like a woman in labor, and all faces turn pale? There's pain. Faces are turned pale. There's fear. There's trembling. Uh, there's, a, there's a crying out. What's going on? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a time of trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. He will come and save us from this time of trouble. He will come and save us from this time of adversity. And there will be a reversal. There will be a reversal of the circumstances that we're in. Verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, says Jehovah Sabaoth, that I will break his yoke from your neck. I will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no more enslave them, but they shall serve Jehovah their God and David their king, which is Messiah, whom I will raise up for them. And verse 9 here of Jeremiah 30, the David, the king that has been raised up, that's Yeshua Messiah. That's a fulfillment of prophetic word. Therefore, do not fear, O my servant, 
says Jehovah, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar and your seed from the land of their captivity. So he's saying, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, I will come and save you. And then in verse 11, For I am with you, says Jehovah, to save you. Though I make a full end of all nations where I have scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you, but I will correct you in justice and will not let you go altogether unpunished. So Jehovah, in our lifetime in 1948, Jehovah has fulfilled this. He had scattered Israel to the nations and he brought them back to the nation of Israel. And he's corrected them in justice and he would not go, let them go to unpunished, but he came and saved them. And now they're dwelling in their own land. They have their own language, their own currency, their own uh, defense. They have their own secret service. And they are a great nation in the earth uh, today. So he says, I am with you, says Jehovah, to save you. And I'm saying that into your life right now. Wherever you are, uh, where, whatever you've done, uh, whatever it seems like in the midst of this shaking, Jehovah uh, says to you, I am with you to save you. And then in verse uh, 17, he says this, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds says Jehovah. There is a restoration coming to you. There is a healing coming to you through Yeshua the Messiah who has accomplished these things through the work of Calvary. The third scripture I want to share with you is from Psalm 80. And here again, it begins with the word. It says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. And I'll, I'll speak a, a, in a few minutes about what it means for him to be dwelling between the cherubim. That's the throne. That's the mercy seat. That's the place where the blood is sprinkled. That's the place where for, we are forgiven. But let me start again. Uh, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. So here's a prayer. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come and save us. So I'm encouraging you to make Psalm 80 your prayer, day and night, until you see the salvation of Jehovah in your own life. Verse 3, restore us. And uh, before I read verse 3, there are three separate times in Psalm 80 where this same phrase is repeated. Restore us, O Elohim, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. It's a cry for restoration. It's a cry to be saved. It's a cry for Father to turn his face back to us. Verse 4, O Yehovah El Sabaoth, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? Ever felt that way? How long will you be angry? How long will you not answer me? How long will you not answer my prayers? Verse 5, You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. This is a time of shaking. Restore us, O Elohim, Sabaoth. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow, 
and the mighty cedars with its boughs. She sent out her boughs to the sea and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges so that all who pass by the way pluck her fruit? The boar out of the woods uproots it and the wild beast of the field devours it. So father took away his protection because of sin, because of iniquity, because of transgression, uh, because they got distracted, because they gave themselves to self, he took away their protection. And then in verse 14, the prayer continues, Return, we beseech you, O Elohim Sabaoth, look down from heaven and see and visit this vine and the vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch that you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Now, let me read verse 17 again, because this, this son of the right hand is Yeshua. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. The son of man, Yeshua constantly referred to himself as the son of man. He's quoting from Psalm 80, verse 17. So, here in the midst of this prayer, the, the author of the prayer, the one who's interceding, says, do this for the sake of the Son of your right hand. Do this for the sake of the Messiah. And that has to be the basis of our prayers. Verse 18, then we will not turn back from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name, calling for revival, saying when you do this and send the Messiah, we won't turn back from following you. And then verse 19 is repeated again. Restore us, Jehovah Elohim Sabaoth. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. What a prayer. What a prayer of turning. What a prayer of just getting honest with the Father. It's a prayer that's based on, number one, the mercy of God. And number two, the work of the Son in verse 17. Now just another thought about the mercy seat. It says, "Those who dwell, you who dwell between the cherubim." Now we know that the four different men had a vision of the throne in heaven, and they saw the winged creatures called the cherubim. And so, where the throne of Jehovah is, Jehovah dwells between these cherubim who cry out day and night, "Holy, holy, holy," and are constantly worshiping Him. And then uh, Elohim told Moses to build an ark of the covenant, and the lid of the ark of the covenant is called the mercy seat. And there are two winged creatures there on the, on the Ark of the Covenant facing each other with their wings. And right there it says that that's the mercy seat of Jehovah. It's where he dwells. When it was placed in the Holy of Holies, that's where he was. That's where he met with the high priest once a year. And on that top of the Ark of the Covenant is where the, the high priest would put the blood of the lamb once a year to make atonement for the sins of the people. So the mercy seat is the place of the atonement, uh, at one meant making us one with the Father again. It's where our sins are forgiven. It's where our sins are washed away and forgotten and covered. And so that cover of the Ark of the Covenant, what did it cover? The Ten Commandments. There, there was a manna in there and there was Aaron's rod that budded, but it was an ark made for the Ten Commandments. We break the commandments, we sin, we fall short of the glory of Elohim, and when we repent of our sins, when we confess them, 
John, 1 John 1, 1 says, When we confess our sins, Elohim is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't just forgive us. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. He removes the sin. He removes the guilt. He removes the shame so that we can be fully reconciled to him. That's the one that dwells between the cherubim. That's the one who sits on the seat. It says the foundation of his throne is righteous judgment, justice, mercy, and truth. Mercy is there where he sits. So let's cry out for mercy. Let's turn and call for him to revive us, as it says in verse 18 of Psalm 80. So just as I close here, um, I'm determined to make uh, Jeremiah 30 and Psalm 80 my prayer. Uh, until the time of the shaking is complete and until I see the salvation of Jehovah in my own personal life, in the church in America, in Israel, and the life of my family and friends. Uh, times of shaking are not fun. There's pain, there's fear, there's, uh, there's questioning, there's wondering. And that's the time for us to wake up. It, you know, we sh we're being shaken so that we wake up that we turn and that we let go of the things of the world. We let go of the natural things. Uh, we to break off the places that the enemy uh, can come and take hold of us. And we return fully, wholeheartedly, with one heart, soul, and mind to our Savior, Yeshua. So make this your prayer. Restore us, O Yehovah El Sabaoth. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. He will come and save us. The king is coming. Shalom.